think it's totally time for you to have a beer if you'd like to go for it. It is just talking. Hey, it's me. It's Jake. I'm here. It happened. It's happening again. It's happening again to you and I. Um, I don't put the number on until I post this now because I don't know the number. I started it again without knowing the number. There is a number of this episode, but I'm here to say hello. It's me, Jake, and welcome to the Jake This Podcast. I, You're listening. <laughs> I can tell you're listening because this is connected to a thing that tells me when people are listening. And that's called that's called the internet. That's the big name for the thing. It has some other tiny names, um, like email. Thank you for the emails that I've been sent, and I and I had printed them out to 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 discuss some things that people had sent to me on emails. But guess what? I don't have those because I have a guest. I have a guest this week, so I'm not answering the questions that you've so kindly emailed me after I asked you. I think also kindly. You know, if I can, I tip my tip my hat to myself without uh, hurting myself. I would say that I asked you kindly, and you kindly answered with some questions, and I'm going to get to those, but not not today, because today I have a guest, and here's my guest today. Well, wait, what can I tell you about me? I can tell you that uh, if you want to come see me do some comedy shows, go to jakethis.com, follow me on Twitter, at jakethis, like my Facebook page, uh, Jake Johansson Facebook page, <laughs> like do like those things. Sign up for my email list if you dare, if you're not afraid. I'm not going to spam you. I only send you an email when I come to your state and I'm going to be doing a show so that way you could come to that show. Because that, not that this is about that, this is about this and we are about us. But that's a thing that I do to be able to pay for this and the other things that I do when I'm not doing that. Um, so if you could make it to a comedy show, that would be terrific. Or you can, you know, download some things or stream anyway. Whatever you can do to help me out, go to my website, jakethis.com. You can link to, there's an Amazon, Amazon, Amazon link on the lower right corner. If you click on that and go to Amazon and then buy some things on Amazon, I get a little bit of a kickback. It doesn't cost you anything. You still get the same low, low prices. And uh, I get a little kickback. So that's a thing that you can do if, you, if you'd like to help me. And, you, and, there's, and you're really hard up for ways to figure out how to do that. But let's face it, you're helping me right now. I'm I I wouldn't I'm not out of the house. Metaphorically, I'm out of the house because I'm in your ears wherever you are right now. But um, I'm out of my own personal mind and into your mind right now. It doesn't I hope that doesn't feel weird or invasive. In fact, you invited me. I couldn't be here unless you invited me. Thank you for inviting me into your mind. And please do all those other things that I said. And then while you're at it, while you're on the internet, I know you're not on the internet right now, or you maybe you are. Maybe you're streaming this. I don't know how you do things. My guest this week is Dave Waite, uh, W-A-I-T-E, Dave Waite. And we met years ago, and he tells that story. Um, and then I did his show in Culver City, The Blind Barber Show, which you've heard me talk about on another episode that I don't know the number of um, right now. But uh, Dave stopped by to promote his upcoming CD, Dead Weight. And I'm assuming that's spelled the same. It's not out yet. You can pre-order it. I don't know if you can pre-order it. I just I like to say that. It wouldn't be nice to believe that you could pre-order everything if you didn't prepay. Let's. Why don't you prepay for some things that you're pre-ordering? And I'll tell you why you don't. Because you're afraid that I'll abscond with the funds. That's not who I am, by the way. BTW. I'm not a. I'm not a absconder with funds. But uh, you can and should check out Dave Waite's new CD, Dead Weight, which is plugged later in this episode. You don't have to write that down right now, but get a pencil so you can write it down later when he mentions it again. So he's got a new CD coming up, uh, out at Halloween, uh, and that's 2016 for those of you who are living in the future when these things have already happened, and you can just go and download it now. But uh, you can check Dave out at his website, DaveWaiteComedy.com, D-A-V-E, Wait is spelled W-A-I-T-E, and then the word comedy, C-O-M-E-D-Y dot com, DaveWaitComedy.com. Please go there, and you can watch him on the Jimmy Fallon show, uh, being very funny. You can watch him on the, um, oh God, I'm trying to look now, on because he and I discussed this, and uh, Not Safe with Nikki Glaser. Maybe you've seen him on her show on Comedy Central. 
Um, but you can watch that on this. And I, he told me the story of that after we did the podcast because it's him going on. He's on some dates with some ladies. And then they have a focus group where they talk about him and, and he can hear it. And he said it sort of hurt his feelings. But on the upside, some ladies did send him some emails. So he made some contact with some real ladies after doing the comedy sketch show on Nikki Glazer's show called Not Safe with Nikki Glazer. So there, Nikki, uh, we don't know each other, but I've plugged your TV show. I'm telling people to please go watch my guest this week, Dave Waite, on his website. And then they can see the clip and then they can go watch your show. Not safe with Nikki Glazer. I can't wait to meet you, but I don't think I want to be hooked up to the lie detector. That's another thing you can watch on Dave's website on her show. There's a lot of things on his website, so check that out. Uh, you can also look at the other thing that he talks about in this episode. So Dave Waite is a funny comedian. I feel like I've you have been told and helped in all of the ways that I can tell and help you. So do those things, and right now, get ready. Just take a breath. You can let it out. Think about yourself. All right. Think about me. Think about Dave Waite, because it's about to happen. Here we go. I can't quite make that out. A podcast. I thought you said take this. I did not. You did say this, right? <laughs> Raw, unfiltered talk a little bit hello all right yeah that's good Sound i feel good? like it's good yeah we can start okay we can start now i'll sort of i'll talk a little bit before this part of the thing starts happening but um i'm gonna i gotta know more about you oh yeah that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> because we met where did we meet did we meet on the road someplace right we met at the great american Comedy oh right, festival. the Great American Comedy Festival in Nebraska, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. You were the, uh, you were the the big dog they brought in to close everything out. Well, they had me come in and do this. Uh, you know, while they were tabulating the scores for the night or whatever, right? They wanted me to do a set. It was fun. I had a good time at that. You know, the there was a hayride. I don't think I made it to the hayride. So you didn't go on the hayride. I think. Barbecue? Did you go to the barbecue? Yeah, I went to the barbecue. Mm -hmm. I think anything that any activity at a comedy festival that's before noon, I'm never making it to it. Yeah, it's tough. Well, I noticed today you didn't want to come over until 11:30. Well, I was at therapy. I was talking about my feelings and stuff. Oh yeah, I was supposed to do that yesterday, but my mom was visiting, so I canceled it, which probably was a mistake because that's when you have the most feelings is when your mom's around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, and then and then uh, I saw you because you run the show. It's not just you that runs the blind barber show, right? No, it's it me you? and then uh, Grant Lyon and Andy Peters and Nick Anthony. There's a whole crew of us. Oh, you got a whole crew, man, running doing that thing. Well, so yeah, I had done that show and I talked about that on here. How much fun it was. So, but those are my those are my ways that I know you. But you're more than that, right? Yeah, well, I think we ran. Yeah, we ran in. Uh, well, I'm from Cincinnati. Yes. And, well, Northern Kentucky. Well, I just say whatever. Cincinnati, Ohio, a lot of people don't realize is almost Kentucky. Yeah, it's right across the border. So I, I mean, grew up, I grew up like right across the border. So I'll just say either one interchange. You know, if I'm in the South, I'll say I'm from Kentucky to try to get a little bit extra juice out of people. And then I say I'm from Cincinnati so people don't think I have moonshine and a horse, you know? Well, you're not, you've got a southern accent, but you don't really seem like a hillbilly. You've got a pretty good beard, though, but that could be yeah. hipster, right? right. Now, nowadays, you can't tell. Yeah, I don't know, like, I don't know if other people from Cincinnati have the accent. I, I mean, I, there's no reason I should have an accent growing up, like, two miles from downtown Cincinnati. Really? Because I feel like it is almost Kentucky. So maybe, I mean, maybe the people in Cincinnati all have the same accent. We don't realize it. I don't know. Or maybe I say y'all or some shit like that, or maybe I just don't enunciate my words a lot. Maybe. Well, I feel like you seem sophisticated to me, but all comedians sort of seem sophisticated in a way. Right. I mean, sophisticated, like smart, like you feel like you know what's going on. Yeah. You, don't, you didn't just walk out from under a truck. No. <laughs> do, you, do you know anything about fixing trucks? No, do you? No. I used to change the oil on my car myself. That's pretty good for a comedian. Ago. 
Yeah, that was years ago. No, I really never anymore, have met a comedian that's like a car guy. There's really? comedians that like buying cars. I mean, there's. Well, I think Jay Leno is is more than just a car buying guy. I think he's a car fixing guy. But I think Jerry is more of a. Well, I, I don't know Jerry well <laughs> enough, but it doesn't. I don't think you fix. You don't buy Porsches and then change your own oil. Right. Yeah, what's the point? You let somebody else do it. I mean, I, if I had a bunch of money, I would probably buy cool cars, because fuck it, why not, right? Would you, though? Now, that's a good, that's a good topic. What would you do if you were rich? What, what, what are your, what, what, what are your life-changing things that you would do? I mean, I'd probably buy a house in Santa Monica. I'd probably, you know, I, I'd probably buy a house, like, for me, buying cars seems impractical, right? I don't even like them. I, I wouldn't. I'm not a car buyer. I mean, it'd be dope to not have to take, drive anymore. That would be kind of be more dope to me. I feel like yeah, the Uber is the future. I mean, just if I could afford to take Uber all the time, I might. I mean, you probably that. could. Maybe we just went down to one car, so I'm taking Uber more now than I used to. the The problem with it though is I have a hard time dealing. You got to deal with the guy who's the driver. Most of the time, I like talking to him, but sometimes yeah. I feel like, look, I just want to go where I'm going. So, is it okay if I don't talk to you right, right. now? I'm, I guess maybe that's a Midwest thing where I feel obligated. Like I mean, like, when you took cabs, did you talk to the cab driver always? No, I just say hello and then get in and then tell yeah. him where I'm going and that's it. But then half the time he's on the phone talking to somebody else nowadays. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if you get in the back seat of an Uber, you're letting them know, hey, I'm on the fence about talking. Now, if you sit in the front, you you got to talk. This is my... Th- so I sit in the front when I'm going to the airport or coming home from the airport, but then... If I'm gonna go do a comedy club thing, I'd rather sit in the back because I don't want to. I want to think about what I'm gonna do. Yeah. If I don't have the car and I got to take it over anyway. But that's we're all a little off topic on what you'd do if you were rich. Now buy a house. Buy a house. You could you could set that over there too. Oh uh, yeah. I'd probably buy a house. Uh, I would just do comedy when I want it instead of doing shows. Every fucking place and anywhere, <laughs> sleeping on floors and shit. Are you so you're you're part of the whole go out and go on tour for a ton of weeks and just do some crazy gigs, huh? I try to avoid it, you know, mm-hmm. to be honest. Uh, but I'll do it. That's more of a new thing than a. Well, I mean, I remember there were terrible like strings of one nighters. Well, see, the one nighters were... now aren't. There's still those one nighters, but now it's like people. Now every town has a comedy scene. Now even when right. I started like 12 years ago in Cincinnati, there was like eight of us, you know? Mm-hmm. I was, in my mind, before I even started comedy in Cincinnati, I was saving money to move to Chicago because in my mind, Chicago was a place that you could start comedy mm-hmm. because of like SNL and stuff, even though that's like more improv. But I just knew that Chicago was a big enough city. I didn't even know you could start comedy in Cincinnati. It didn't even seem like a thing. I knew there was comedy clubs there. I never had went, but I still was like, well, it just seemed, especially based, like, Seinfeld almost made comedy seem unrealistic as a job because it was like, how did he become that? You know, he was already... Oh, really? Yeah, in my mind, it was like, he was just it, right, on the show. I guess so. I, I Well, I, that was, I was already doing comedy when that happened. When sign, I mean, he he started before me, but I was I was underway. So, but my thing, I became when I started comedy. I was living in Iowa, and there weren't there wasn't a Des Moines Funny Bone. There wasn't a comedy club in Iowa that I knew of, and there was a place in Chicago. Maybe maybe Zanies had just started, but I hadn't even heard barely of a comedy club. And a friend of mine, who was ten years older than me, said he was going to San Francisco to do comedy. He had a magazine article about Robin Williams started out at the Holy City Zoo. So that's, we were like stupid detectives. Yeah. You know, like that's, we were just going to do that. But I didn't, I I was doing sets at a comedy club for a few months before mm. I realized like, oh, you can be a guy who is not famous and you can make a living doing comedy. Right. I didn't get that that was even a thing. Yeah. It is crazy to think that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I didn't know any of this stuff. So so you thought you had to go to Chicago, but then meanwhile you already started in Cincinnati. Well, I saw an article in the newspaper about a comedy class because the Funny Bone had just opened there and they were doing comedy classes. And I was like, well, maybe before I move my whole life 
I'll go take this comedy class and see what's up. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of it, there was like a group of young people. There was a class of four, so there had been a couple people that had started comedy around the same time. And there, there was a couple shows, and then uh, Go Bananas is like really friendly to young comedians. And That's the other comedy club. Yeah, yeah, and uh, there's open mic. There was an mic, open mic every week, and then, you know, and then I started going to that, and then the door guy was like, hey, you got to come and hang out on the weekend. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you got to come and watch. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I didn't, know, I didn't know shit. Right, but it's nice. I mean, and this it, is it, a thing people always ask, like, how do you get started? And I go, well, you sign up for an open mic, and then you hang up, hang out, and then people will tell you what the next thing you got to yeah. do is. Right? Yeah, pretty much. Somebody's like, hey, do that. Yeah, yeah. And then I started coming on the weekend, and then, and then the door guy was like, hey, the manager, all of them are going downtown. You should come down and have a drink with us. And I go down there, and then, then they're like, hey, you want to do a guest set? And then I do a guest set, and then like a month or two later, I'm hosting. Six months from the first time I was on stage, I'm like hosting a prof- I'm getting paid as a professional, you know, I guess. It's kind yeah, of, yeah, pretty yeah. great. That's pretty great. So, yeah, and then from there, you just started working at Go Bananas all the time, and then mm-hmm. and then, uh, then I got, was there for, like, started doing the road from there, and then I ended up getting on one of those showcase shows on Comedy Central, Live at Gotham. I did that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. And then once I did that, I was like, well, you know, the odds of getting on TV again from Cincinnati, or the fact that I got on once seemed... Pretty As, great. Pretty, pretty great. great. Yeah. But it was like, well, it's time. You gotta to, move somewhere. Gotta go. So then I moved to New York. I was there for a couple of years. And then, uh, then I ended up out here. What made you come out here? Oh, it's the fucking weather, man. I couldn't deal with the weather. <laughs> yeah, it's cold in New York. I think, it, I think if I'd have moved to New York in my mid-20s instead of my very early 30s, it would have been different. But, you know, I was, I was looking around and I was like, I don't want to live here. If it's going to be like a struggle, I don't want to live here the fucking, you know what I mean? I don't want to live here. Right. Struggle at the beach, man. Struggle at the beach, yeah. That's where I'm at. That's what I'm talking about. Um, so this kind of started, though. I was talking about, well, before we turned the machine on, we were talking about to- doing a tour in some non-comedy club venues. And then what we were just talking about was doing this, t- doing these tours where you're not working comedy clubs, but you're working... And uh, yeah, little one nighters. Kind of used to be, used, they used to be sort of terrible. Like it was, it was a bar gig, and people were rowdy, and it was tough to get the show going. But now it seems like the crappy gigs, meaning the low-paying one-nighter gigs, sometimes are good shows. I mean, a lot of them are run by comedians now, so sometimes they can be. If they, you know, a lot of it depends on their level of organization. And per, now, if you're a guy who can sell tickets. You know, some of these shows I'll go do, and the, they've had, like, Kyle Kinane there at the same room, like, a month ago, and he sold it out, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, based on the fact that they brought in Kyle or some of these other people, they can get some, enough people in there where I can make 300 bucks in a night, you know what I mean? Right, that's not bad. And, you know, but, you know, Kyle made, he, you know, he might have made a couple thousand dollars. But, sure. <clears throat> but they've built a brand in, like, these rooms and stuff like that, whereas, like, you know, the old one-nighters were, 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 A, they were never really in a cool spot, right? They're like in some roadhouse or some hotel. Yeah, These are like in hip, every town has a hipster part now, you know? Well, but that's what the good comedy clubs back in the day used to be. And that's where they started off being this cool thing where you could go see this yeah. cool kind of a show. Right. And you pay for a ticket to watch that show because it was good. And now... That scene seems like it's moved out of some of the mainstream comedy clubs and into some of these other kind of places. Yeah, I mean, some of the rooms are great. Some of it is just like any other thing where you're like, well, this is fucked up, you know. But the people that come to those shows are comedy fans. So you have a lot more freedom to get up there and stretch your legs and Mm -hmm. be weird. And you don't have to worry about... You know, entertaining Doris from accounting or some shit like. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't mind. mind that. I don't mind that either. But when you got to be quiet, if she's if Doris is not too, you know, if she gets into the martinis and then Doris right. could be a problem. Yeah, but everybody, even if they, even in these independent rooms, even if they don't know who you are, they are there because they like 
comedy and they know comedy and they know podcasts and they know all that shit. Yeah. So there, you got a way bigger runway to take off from, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you could you have a lot of room to explore instead of... So you just said you were out for how many weeks? Five weeks? Seven. Seven weeks. And no, there was like a stretch of like independent shows like where I was pretty much doing a different show every night for like 15 days. And then this, then all of August was like comedy clubs. Like mm-hmm. I was at the Comedy Attic we were talking about in Bloomington and then Dr. Grins in Grand Rapids. And I heard that's nice too. Yeah, you never been to Dr. Grins? Uh, no, never been to what Dr. Grins. You're like a legend in comedy, man. Well, no, but I mean, some of these rooms, like Bloomington, it's like I didn't go in years past because I was making more for a week working at some other club, and then now I kind of feel like I'm ready to make some different choices. Like, I don't have to maximize my weekly income right. as much as I felt like I did then. And I can go more for like this. I'm going to enjoy this more. Right. And 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 it's like I don't mind working for less in a week as long as I'm being paid fairly in terms of, you know, how much money is going on at the. You know, yeah. if, if 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 that's what you can pay because there's only 150 seats in the place, then I'm then yeah we're partners and uh, let's have a fun week. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm much more on board with that now. Then you know, before I was, I had to, I had to kind of maximize a little bit more than I feel like I do now. So I'm ready, Doctor Grin. If you're listening, <laughs> yeah, Doctor Grin's that's a great room. Yeah, uh, and Grand Rapids is a great town, and uh, you know, you know, it's one of those good places. Uh, have you been? Have you been? Well, and then when you do the the one nighters, like you said, the string of fifteen one nighters, are those? Uh, are those like? Are you staying in hotels or Airbnbs? Or are you staying on people's couches? You're or? staying in like people's couch. You know, I'm staying on people's couches. Sometimes they have a spare room. Sometimes I get a hotel room. I mean, there's this website called A Night Hospitality that, if you write a review of a hotel, they give you they'll find hotels rooms for about twenty five dollars for you. So really, yeah, A I, Night Hospitality. That's a good. That's, I mean, that, that's yeah. some solid information for the listener. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's for comedians and bands and entertainers and stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. trade out. Because sometimes if you got and give them tickets at the hotel, that, that's like part of the deal or two. But, sure. But that, yeah, I mean, that's huge now. Like, a lot of comedians use that shit. So, I mean, I do those shows. Uh, you know, they vary in quality, you know. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, I did one show in, like, a dude's basement in Louisville. It was a Monday night. And there was like 45 people in his basement. In his basement? In his basement. And were they just his friends or? They were like friends. And then there were like some people I invited that because I've been going to Louisville for years. So there were some people I knew in there. And then uh, there was like a lot of them worked at Jimmy John's. So it was like everybody who worked at this local Jimmy John's was there. And it was it was just packed on a Monday night. Now, yeah. That worked because the house was in a questionable neighborhood, right? It wasn't in a neighbor. It was in a neighborhood where it's not cool to call the cops, right? Uh, oh, because well, it's not cool to call the cops because somebody's having a big party at their house. But I, I think the bigger problem is some weirdo shows up and is now in your house. Who me? No, like somebody in the audience. Like if well, I had, a, I wouldn't have a comedy show. Hey, come see a comedy show. Well, it's like house. a young guy. It was like a young person's like yeah. flop house, bro house sort of thing. But yeah, he wasn't scared of that. They already live in a questionable neighborhood. But they are. They kind of had somebody working the door because they were like taking sure. money. And it was like, but that show. I mean, I've been a little before. I've headlined the club there a bunch of times, and I've done Thursday shows where there's only twenty people in the audience. Sure, and now you're in somebody's living. Why the living room though, instead of doing the club? Well, it just happened that I was just routed this trip. That this was trip, right. and yeah. like I didn't tell the club. I, I was like, "Hey, I'm doing somebody's bait." I just didn't bring it up. To yeah, them. the living room show doesn't get on the internet. Yeah, they're not going to get a Google alert about that, right? You know, and I I made like close to two hundred dollars for the night, and it was fucking hilarious. It was great. It was a Monday night. You know, any time for me if I on a Monday night, and I'm out there, I can make two hundred dollars. This is a good night. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. I don't think I can go out for that. No, I mean, yeah, but, but uh, I think. But I feel like by doing this, <clears throat> but as you're sandwiching it in between and back to backing them, yeah, it adds up. Like on a m- Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, if I'm picking up shows, 
now if I've done three nights in a row for two hundred, now I've made six hundred dollars instead of right. being stationary and spending a hundred bucks a night on your hotel. Yeah, or, yeah. or twenty. Yeah, but so now I'm making six hundred. You know. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like also those rooms are the word of mouth that you can get in these towns. For me, is pretty good, you know. Uh huh. In terms of they'll they'll see you in that. Because I think it's such an intimate space, and then the fact that you hang out, I think I'm building more fans that so way. So the next time you come back, those 40 people will show up for sure, and then yeah. they'll bring people. Right. Yeah. Got you. Got you. And then when you were, we were, we were... On- mostly, I, I mean, there's a part of me that just rather just do comedy clubs, you know, I mean, I, I think, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I mean, that's that's also part of the why I haven't been to Dr. Grint's because I've been taking the easy, you know, my agent calls up and goes, hey, we're going back to the wherever, right. Dallas Improv, St. Louis Funny Bone. Um, okay, I'll yeah. do that. I'll, you mean all I have to do is say yes? Yeah. And then I go, yeah. But there's definitely rooms out there for you that are like where these people are doing, you know, where the Kyle Canaan's have been or, you know. Where... Yeah, yeah. Kyle seems like he's having a good time. Yeah, yeah. I ran into him down in uh, uh, Melbourne in Australia at the Comedy Festival. He seemed like he was enjoying, hit, you know, touring, doing his thing, what he does. Now, when you, when we were talking on Twitter about doing the pod, you coming and doing the podcast, w- did you just have a thing? Did you just do a special or something? No, no I don't. Have, I I just record. I recorded a record. That's it. At, in Bloomington. Uh huh. Yeah, that's <laughs> going to come out in November. Or uh, no, it's going to come out on Halloween. Uh, on, on Halloween, it's called Dead Weight because <laughs> you're Dave Weight. Yeah, yeah, and then there's like a skeleton version of, of me as the cover and shit. Nice. Do you talk about de- death a lot in it? No, just... there's just a couple of jokes about death. Mm-hmm. And when did you record it? Just in August, a couple weeks ago. Oh, you just recorded the thing? Yeah. Oh, I see. So this was we were talking about a thing that hadn't even happened yet, and now it's in the process of happening. Well, I was trying to be more proactive. I mean, I feel like that's one of the biggest... If I was to look back on so far, uh, my career is uh, lack of marketing or, you know, giving a fuck about that shit. Well, I also, though, think, like, how long have you been doing it, did you say? Twelve? Twelve years. Twelve years. Well, that's a, that's a chunk. I get it. That's yeah. a chunk. I mean, you're, you're, it's for real. You're not, yeah. you're not somebody just screwing around. You're really doing comedy, but I mean, twelve years. You're, I would say to come out with a CD. That's not you didn't have. To I mean, do I've it had sooner. a couple CDs, but right. Know, I, so, so you. But I mean, like the fact that I'm doing this podcast is. Oh, I see. You're promoting the thing. Well, let me tell you. I hate to break it to you, but, but there's not as many people listening to this as this isn't going to be a make or break thing. But it's just still another. This dri- is a warm up. Let's just consider this a warm up. Well, just to keep drifting, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Do anything. I try to do everything. You know, instead of. You know, I should have had flyers and business cards when I first started and fucking built fans. And... I don't know. Do you think? Well, I definitely. I, have... I mean, I I wouldn't have been able to make fun of those people, if, you know, when other comedians did. I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't rob myself the joy of making fun of those people. But well, I've got business cards that have just my name and Twitter and that kind of stuff on it, just in because I feel like you got to get people don't realize they need to get on board. You got to join. Yeah. The army, because if you like something and you don't sign up for their email list or their Twitter or Facebook, like them or whatever you got to do to know when they're going to be there, you're not going to know. How's, nobody's going to know you're in somebody's basement in right. Louisville unless they're following you, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you got to be in people's shit all the time where they just don't know. Not that. They got to get in your shit. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It's like, don't act like I got to come for you. I, I can't come and get you. I'm alerting. I'm sending out emails. I'm doing tweets. I'm putting things on Facebook. I'm doing all that stuff. But if you're not going to sign up and subscribe to it, what do you want me to do? Give me your phone number. I'll call you. Is that, <laughs> yeah. is that what you want? <laughs> yeah. I remember I worked with uh, Greg Giraldo once, and uh, he was in one of those mall funny bone places mm-hmm. and he was like i was walking around this thing these young guys came up to me like hey you're here this what are you doing here and he goes i'm at the comedy club I'm like ah, oh, we didn't know you know what i mean and they were yeah. like they knew it they knew greg geraldo enough that they came up and were like hey you no i had that happen i was just in uh, austin <laughs> texas and i was in the bookstore and some woman came up knew me by name said hello told me how much she enjoyed a show that i had done some other place 
I said, I'm in town. I'm working at this other club. She's like, oh, that's interesting. You know, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you know how my life works? You have to go to the, you have to come to the show. Yeah, you have to come. <laughs> you have to come. You should have already known that I was here. How come this has, this is, this doesn't seem right. Will it bother you if I vape? That's not going to bother you, is it? You'd be the first person to vape in here, man. Yeah. I'm excited about it. Is that, are you, I mean, ooh, it makes a nice poppy sound. Yeah, I'm trying to quit smoking. Is So that's nicotine stuff? Yeah, this is nicotine. I'm not getting blazed up on the weed here. You know? You're not potting it up in my no. uh, pod, poditorium? Yeah, I'm, you know. How's it going? Are you getting off the, how long, how long did you smoke? I smoked for a long time. But this is day two of the vape, so. <laughs> wow, you're deep. You're deep into the vape. Day two. Did you just buy it yesterday? or have you been... I bought it on Monday, and then I smoked cigarettes on Monday. I, I had it there looking at it. I was like, well, I'll have one more day of smoking cigarettes before I start vaping. Mm -hmm. And then you, you got to weed off the vape, though, too. I don't think those things are as good for you as they say. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely, like, I read this article that was, like, uh, on one of those was Gizmo or something like that, which is a pretty r reputable... Uh, right. Giz Gizmo? Gizmodo? Yeah, Gizmodo. You've been on that website? I think I have, yeah. They had they broke it down. like They were like, vaping is... The ones that are like the disposable ones... They, right, right. The, the Where they look like a they look like an actual cigarette, but they last they said for... They those a, are probably pretty shitty for you, but these are just like like an oil. Uh-huh. That, they said this shit is... I mean, it's still not, like, the best for you, but they said compared to, like, smoking, it's a million times better, so. Yeah. So, I mean, the plan is to do this for, you know, as as long as it takes, and then. That one, yeah, that one looks actually like a little, it looks like a plumbing, it looks like a PVC tube, sort of. Yeah, I can't yeah, really I tried see it to find could... one that didn't look like total douchey, you know I Well, mean? they got those ones that look like a locomotive transistor yeah. radio or something some steampunk yeah, yeah like what the hell are you how and I, I, you know, i've seen people wear them around there and i'm like i just i'm just doing it to like it's like maintenance you know it's like maintaining it's not like i i, I feel embarrassed i was behind a guy in a truck that was vaping and you know he had his window down a crack and yeah. just all at once this big like it's a big fog of smoke yeah. like way more smoke than you get from a cigarette right I, mean, I guess it's not smoke it's, right? it's, it's just vapor. like vapor yeah, yeah yeah they said like the second there's like secondhand vapors like bullshit it just it dissipates so fast you know mm. alright I got it looks, looks pleasant did that do it yeah yeah yeah, well, with the coffee, it made me really want. It. Yeah, you're feeling the need. Yeah, I was getting the itch. That's what I feel like when I was smoking. It was it was as much the like, this is what I do while I'm doing this kind of a thing. Like cigarettes, this is what I do when I'm having a drink, or this is yeah. what I do when I'm having a coffee, or this is what I do when I wake up or after I eat. Or... How'd you quit? I just stopped. I just stopped. I I it wasn't. I I quit three times before I finally quit. Yeah, I mean, I've quit a bunch of different times. and uh, Yeah, I mean, last year I quit for like two months. I thought I was out of the woods. I was like, oh, I'm killing it. And then I got like a just a touch of depression and then my brain was like, hey, you know, like you're not depressed, a cigarette. And I was like, all right. And then yeah, I your brain tries to trick you into that kind of stuff. The thing to remember is if you have, if you don't have any cigarettes, then you're a non-smoker. But yeah. if you smoke a cigarette, then you're a smoker again. It's like instant, like one. Right. That's that's what got me. But I thought, oh, I, I'm quit. I don't even feel like I want it. I'm just going to have it. Yeah. That's like. Oh. Did you read that book, the Alan Carr book, the Easy Way? To I stop? did. I did read that at the end. At the end, but I read that. I think I read it after I had quit. But my mother-in-law quit with that. <laughs> Alan Carr's quit smoking. I mean, it's worked for a lot of people more so than anything else I know. Really. Well, it's a real the real logic of it of like, what are you doing? You right. quitting or you're not quitting? If you're quitting, then don't smoke. Yeah, I mean it sounds stupid, and he's better at it explaining. Yeah, yeah. My buddy's read that book seventeen times. He said he's addicted to reading the book. <laughs> <laughs> Has he quit? Does he smoke? Yeah, I mean, there's been times where he's quit for like three or four years because after he reads the book, you know, and then something will happen, you know. That's solid. I feel like three, four years. That's you. That's legit. You yeah. actually quit smoking. Yeah. <laughs> Until you start again. 
How long did brutal. you smoke for before you quit? Well, I started smoking when I well, I guess I smoked when I was a you know like a teenager. I must probably smoked when I was thirteen, fourteen, and then uh, off and on a little bit. But then when I was in college, I, I guess I really got I finally got serious about my smoking <laughs> when I was about eighteen, I think, and then solid until I quit. I quit, quit when I got married. So that's in uh, two thousand two. So that's 12 years. That's a good clip. Yeah. 12 years of being quit. I, I've obviously, I don't know how long. That, it was a lot of smoking. Oh, you yeah. It was a lot of smoking. It was 20-something years of smoking. Yeah. Yeah. It's the fucking... I mean, the one thing... Man, there's just a part of me that wishes it wasn't... It didn't kill you or fuck your body up, because I would do it... I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I have to say, though, I will say that if you're going to try and exercise or do any kind of physical thing smoking is such because i was exercising and smoking <laughs> and when you quit smoking man it's like it's like you kind of let go of this thing you're dragging around it's really doesn't help you with any of that stuff and then you realize well it must be it's not helping you with your walking around you know going yeah. upstairs getting groceries i mean i noticed from when i've quit for periods of time like how much better i sleep and how much like yeah, I just feel better, mm-hmm. breathe better, all that shit. So, I'll just do the vape for a while and then step off the vape and, you know. I mean, people, I know I was talking to, uh, what's her name, Paige at the Improv last night, and she's been vaping for, like, a, she's ready to get off the vape, but she said, like, even after, like, a couple weeks of vaping, she felt way better than being Better than smoking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the vape, the vaping thing though, it seems like people are getting into that just to get into that. Yeah, that's dumb. Like, did you, if you've never smoked a cigarette and you started vaping, you're an idiot. Well, though, to me, yeah. See, those, so that's why I was asking why you were vaping because I sort of thought the reason to vape is because you're going to be a stealthy pot smoker. No, I mean for me, it's but just, this would be early in the day for that. Yeah, not to judge. This is you just or any of the other people. If you need to wake and bake to get through your life, nah, I don't really smoke the weed. Yeah, I I did when I was younger, but I it doesn't. It's not. I get too anxious. I freak. I freak, I freak out, and I'm like, yeah, I'm the guy splashing water on his face, telling him to get your shit together. That's not fun, right? That's no, not fun. I don't. Wanna, I'm like, and I see everybody else having a good fun, a good time, and I'm like, oh, I wish I was in the same loop. But yeah. I'm, yeah, well, even having a couple of drinks now, sometimes I feel kind of crappy the next day. So, yeah, I don't know. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Just, just uh, the old man complaining. going to be, oh, well, you know what I like to do is drink a bunch of water until I really have to pee and then not pee for a while. That's a challenge. I was, so you said you go to therapy, and then, but you're from Iowa, and I'm from the Midwest as well. Yeah. Like, it is not, like, you get this, I mean, I have some jokes I've always made. But, like, if you go back, nobody... Now, there's clearly therapists in those cities. People, right. But nobody openly talks about it, really. From Yeah, I think that, that, that it's more... That's back in time there as yeah. to where it was year longer ago here. We're, yeah. just, we're just more ahead of them in right. terms of California and where we're at with therapy. But, yeah, they still think, oh, therapy, that's for people who are crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, if... That's that's. I think if the president said, if the president admitted or so or somebody who was running for president admitted that they had gone to a therapist, would be like, well, maybe we better not vote for them for president. Whereas I feel like kind of the opposite. Right. Like the pe- it's the people who were who've had kind of bad childhoods or they've they've just got this scru- screwed up way of dealing with the world. Like everybody's a jerk and you got to watch out for everybody and they're kind of mad all the time. Like I I dated this girl and she was a lawyer and and. She, you know, stressful job, and I was like, "Man, you should go to therapy." And then, but she, she was so resistant because she was afraid the bar association would find out about it and stuff like that. And she was like, "It would look bad." And I'm like, "What sort of fucking crazy job?" It is. It is crazy, but the, but I feel like that's a that's a mainstream stigma that's still going on, and it's a real shame because I feel like there's people out there who are suffering that could be having happier lives but then there's other people out there who are really hurting yeah. like not just suffering like their lives are miserable 
and they're just gritting their teeth and hanging on by their fingernails because they're afraid that they'll be ruined or labeled as some kind of psycho or nut job if they go talk to a therapist. And that's a, that's a real shame to me. Because yeah, I mean, I, that's why I have some jokes about it and I try to be funny about it or, you know, or make fun of the Midwest or wherever the, about the fact that people won't openly talk, you know, because it is a shame that people won't. Well, you I don't think, even have to tell. You could just go. You don't have to tell people. But well, you don't have to tell people you're going. But I think. A but lot, I think if your friend, if your friend Jerry at the lake was like, "Hey, man, I, I've been going to a therapist," and he owned it and wasn't like, "This is what I do," you know. Mm-hmm. Then his buddy, who might be having even worse problems, I'd be like, "Well, all right, okay, I'll go too." You know. Yeah, well, you ought to try. You ought to try. I mean, if you're at the end of your rope about something, you ought to try it. That's yeah, I mean, I, I know it's it. like the times when I've actually went, you know, because I'll make the classic mistake of going and thinking, hey, man, I got everything figured out, and I stop going, you know. And then well, yeah, but that. that's all. You can go, you can stop and go and yeah. switch to another person. To, you know, you don't need to be doing, you don't need to be dependent on having to go every week. Yeah, I mean, usually what will happen is I'll get my shit in order, and then I'll dial it back to, like, once a month or every other week or something like that. Well, that's the other thing. If you're paying for it, like... Well, I do like the sliding scale thing. So. Right, right. So, but you're still paying for it. Like some people, I think that's like your friend who's a lawyer or people who have real jobs. They probably have health insurance, and they're they're from that mentality of, if I go see a therapist, I have to put it through my insurance to get them to pay for right. it. Or and then that's how somebody is going to find out. Right. But if you just like if you're a lawyer and you're making good money, just write a check. Yeah. And nobody will know that you're going. It's private. Right. That's your business. And if it makes you a better person and easier easier for you to deal with other people, easier for them to deal with you, man, you're doing yourself a favor. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, I feel like it's like a way, it's like exercising for your mind or mm-hmm. like it, it's just a way to fuck, unclutter all the bullshit out of there. Right. Right. How long have you been doing it? Uh... On and off since I moved out here. And then, like, before I ever started... Com- I mean, that's what kind of compelled me to start comedy, was going and expressing this idea out loud to somebody that wasn't a friend or somebody that was going to judge me. When I, I had, like, a good... I worked at, like, Fidelity Investments years ago uh, mm-hmm. before I started doing comedy. And so I had, like, good health insurance. And I saw that I, I got, like, therapy was covered, you know, like, maybe 10 sessions. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, all right, I'll go do this. But I remember when I went to that therapist, this was like in Kentucky, his office was right next to like one where my friend worked. So I would like walk all the way around the building to make sure I didn't walk in front of. Yeah, weird. Because I had the stigma. Well, it's that Midwest thing. If somebody sees you going in there and they think, oh, you're, you're cool. But the, the funny thing is, is that people are... We were talking about conventional people being worried that they're going to get fired from their conventional job because they go to therapy, but you were actually going to therapy so that you could quit your conventional job. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so that you could be true to, like... Well, I think that's mo- no, mostly what it is. It's like it helps you it helps you to kind of really realize what what things are your dreams and what things are being sort of put on you or pre-programmed from the outside world. Like, you're miserable because you think... I got to keep working at Fidelity or or this regular job, and I can't pursue what I really want to do. But and yeah, and if I had brought that up at like with somebody at work, they would just be like, "What the fuck? You're just a, just such a weirdo, right?" You know, if yeah. I had been like, "Maybe I want to be a comedian," they'd be like, "What? We're, we're, we just work. This this is it. This is where we work." You know, maybe the idea is I, I'm going to move up the ladder at this job, but the idea yeah. of doing something great. So, and then the people I grew up with, I I was so I created. You know, I created, like, this whole thing in my mind that they would make fun of me or mm-hmm. if I did comedy, but then nobody, I don't know, nobody did. <laughs> so how old were you when you quit your day job, when you quit your Fidelity job and went full-time comedy? I got fired. Oh! After, like, two, two years after I started comedy, I got fired. But it was, it was just because I, I just stopped giving a shit. I didn't, I just was, like, making errors and stuff like that. It wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't like I came in there and was like, fuck y'all. I just I just was doing a shitty job, and I kept getting put on, like, probation and all because I just would make errors and stuff. Because I, well, I had to get up, like, I had to be there, like, 7 in the morning. Mm-hmm. 
But I'd get off. And you're doing comedy at night. Yeah, so I'd get off, I'd come home, I'd sleep, then go out, stay out late, and then wake up early. And, you know, like this crazy, weird pattern. Yeah, yeah. So there'd be, like, times where I'd, like, almost nodding off at work, you know what I mean? Because it's so early. Like, right, right. And I'd been out late. Uh, so I just was fucking up all the time. And then, but then they, they fired me, but they, you know, but I was able to get unemployment because I wasn't, I wasn't fired for any like malicious reason. I just fired because I sucked, you know? So I was able to get unemployment and then that kind of spurred me getting on the road from there because it's subsidized. That bridged the gap to get you to be a full-time comedian. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then you never looked back. You never got another. No, never got another job. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know, it still could happen. <laughs> <laughs> it still could happen. No, there's no shame in that either. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's an interesting use of therapy. I mean, that does... I mean, usually I feel like people go because they're struggling with some kind of depression or they're struggling with... Uh, I mean, the other times I've went it was depression or anxiety and stuff. I mean, I was going because I was anxious, you know. Mm -hmm. But I, I think I was anxious because I wasn't doing what I needed to be doing with my life, right? Right. I was depressed because I didn't have a plan. I didn't, I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. I didn't want to fucking work there. It was terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I found that out, you know, by going there and saying it out, saying it out loud to another human being that, hey, I want to try comedy, you know. And then have them go, what do they say? He's like, all right. You know, <laughs> yeah, why don't you do it? Why don't you do it? Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, okay. We just saved somebody. $150 an hour I mean that's what I when people come up to you after a show and they think about they're like oh I think about doing comedy I'm like just do it you know? well that's what I always say too I always say good luck you know I said you should come back there's usually the place that you're working has got an open mic yeah. or, or you know but I always just say yeah could do it sign up sign up you meet the other people who are doing stand up comedy and you see if you like them and you figure mm -hmm. out how to do it I mean it's different now than it was when I started in terms of the next step of you're doing shows and you're getting funnier and getting a gig and you know it used to be then you would get to do a guest set and then yeah. you get to host a week but now it's not necessarily that is not always the path for everybody but yeah that's how you do it you learn it by doing it do right. it if do you want to do it go do it yeah. don't wait i mean you could take a class but i always feel like classes are just for people who kind of feel like look i need to feel like it's okay for me to sign up for an open mic if I take like a class I, they, they, for me I took the class because I had zero idea how it right. would work right right I was just like I had no idea well right so those are the two things it's either the first move because you like I want to be a comedian so I guess you take a class like everything else yeah. or it's people who are like well I, somebody told me that I should sign up yeah. but I think I better take a class just so make sure I know what I I'm doing I mean if you figured out how to get to the open mic and you put your name down, then you don't have to take a class. That's what I think too. Yeah. That's what I think too. You know, if you if you got to have a little bit of a idea what you're going to say when they say, "Ladies and gentlemen, please right. welcome this guy." I mean, that was the one thing with the class. It it kind of there was the set structure, and I learned that, and learned how, the different types of jokes that you could mm -hmm. write and stuff like that. So it was kind of like a writing class and learning that. So. There's so many good comics now that I, I feel like there's great shows. It used to be the shows where you didn't get paid or the audience didn't pay anything were terrible, but now they're good. Right. Um, but it's harder to get gigs that to make a living just doing stand-up, which is what I've done yeah. my career has been that. And nowadays, it seems like a lot of people who are doing stand-up have also got on another thing on the side, like yeah. they're, another showbiz thing even, like they're writing on a TV show or... Yeah. Or the, or whatever they got a little acting gig or something. Yeah, I mean, I definitely would like to do more of that stuff, but mostly in the hopes that people will come see me. You know, like if I'm on TV more, maybe they'll come see me. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm about too. That's you want to get people to know you. Sign up. I yeah. need you. I need subscribers. <laughs> I need you to subscribe right. and sign up and report for the comedy show so we can have a good time. Yeah. I mean, I, I started this website in June. Uh, it's called One Year Dave, and I, I'm Dave, right? And every week, I let the internet vote on a thing for me to do all week. Mm-hmm. So this week, they voted. The choice is yesterday, because every Tuesday, I let people vote. Uh-huh. And yesterday was 
work either work for three hours, uh, give somebody a ride if they need a ride, uh, cook dinner every night. And what the fuck was the other? One? They're voting. They're voting for you to do these things for a whole week. So we're either going to give somebody a ride all week. Yeah, or if they need a ride wherever. But the the uh, what one? The dinner, make dinner every night. One for someone or just for yourself? Just for myself, you know, because I'm just like a fucking dirtbag comedian, you know. And then do you have to document it? Yeah, well, every week I write about it. Let's see what the fucking fourth choice was. It's a fucking shit. Oh shit! What the fuck? Sorry. That's okay. You're looking on your phone. It's in your phone. Are you on the internet in your phone? Yeah. Where to Make be- a budget for the week. That was the fourth choice. But yeah, cook dinner. So every week I do something. Who votes on this? How many people voted on that? Yesterday we had 54 votes. Is it on Twitter or is it's it on, it's on the web- website? It's website, on your website. When you're de- now a lot of times I'll do, I'll have a vote on my website and and Twitter. When I have it on Twitter, I mean, there's been times where up to 300 people have voted, you know, so it's a lot of people that interact that way. And then every week I'll write, usually, sometimes I'll write a midweek thing, and then, but every week I'll write an essay about the previous week. So it's given me a writing assignment every week to mm-hmm. write. Mm-hmm. I mean, I find it way easier to write about something if, if I have a topic to write about. Sure. What did you do last week? Last week was like the dumbest week so far. <laughs> So last week, I because I, I try to have theme weeks. So last th- this week was the cooking one was my friend Sally Brooks, who's a comedian. She she came up with those choices and mm-hmm. then wrote like a thing about me. So she picked that. But last week was so I made it social media week because I knew I had to drive like ten hours twice. Mm-hmm. That so I got to like I try to tailor it around shit. I can't have like run for an, thirty minutes when I know I got to drive. You know right. You could just Facebook Live from your car. Well, so, yeah. So, I had social media weeks. So, but one of them was Facebook Live every day. The other one was Snapchat every day. Another one was, like, share somebody's Facebook status. And then the other one was retweet a stranger. And that's the one they picked, which was, like, my, the dumbest one of all of them. Yeah, because you're, the stranger's maybe not even going to notice that you're retweeting them. Or you, did you have to do it a ridiculous amount until they kind of No, I just didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I just retweeted like one random stranger. Like I'd ask people for like a topic or like somebody's first name. Like I was like, "Give me a first name," and somebody's like Walter. So I just try to go find a Walter to retweet. But mm-hmm. I don't. Regular people are like real shitty at Twitter. I don't know if you've noticed, but they just retweet articles or they tweet at each other. There's not like fun. Like I was trying to find funny shit. I feel like Twitter now for me is all about just getting, staying in touch with people or I'll read other people's things and, and then comment on them. But I, I feel like nobody's watching Twitter to, like, that's not, it's, you can't get famous on Twitter anymore. You can't get yeah, I mean, a that, following. That Rob Delaney, that, he was the guy you, who, if you're not following him and you're listening to this, you should follow Rob Delaney. Right. That guy's funny. I mean, the one thing with the voting is that people are interacting that way. You right. Know? I mean, so. And, like, since they've started this website, like, people have come up and been like, oh, I'm following along and shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, mostly it's about me trying to do anything, right, each week instead of nothing. It's so easy to get in the pattern of doing nothing for a comedian. Now, you're starting to make me feel like I should have gone to therapy this week because I'm, I'm <laughs> kind of getting low self-esteem about what I've accomplished. But you've come over. I mean, this is a big thing for me. Yeah. I'm doing an episode of the podcast. People, you don't realize this because you're. I don't blame you. You're not listening to the podcast. You don't know that I've been a little lackadaisical. I've missed a few weeks. How but I'm on a roll right now. How many, how many are you putting out now? I'm on a roll right now. It's been every week for this will be a third in a row. That's pretty good. Third in a row. I feel like it's solid. For I was I went a long time where it was one a week, but then I kind of then I got then I got busy doing some other stuff, and then I got kind of depressed, and then I was angry about it. Then I was like, <laughs> Why do I owe you to do that? What? How come I've got better things to do than to go in that little room and talk into that box? I want to go for a walk and see what's at the mailbox. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's like you you put your effort into making a thing, and then. 
nobody can't, or that there's a number in your mind where it's like, ah, oh, what the fuck am I doing this for? You know, like. Well, it's hard to say though, right? Because if you go to somebody's basement in Louisville yeah. for 40 people, right? Then I'm definitely 40 people are listening. You know, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's way more than that. So and yeah. why not? And I enjoy it. You're coming over. We probably we wouldn't have been. Well, who knows what we would have done? Right. Who knows what we would have done? But now we're doing this. Well, we're being creative, right? And we're going to eat lunch. Yeah, we're going to be creative. We're, we this is yeah we are going to be. This is it. We're doing it. Yeah, yeah. We're being creative right now. Absolutely. I got to plug my shit. <laughs> yeah, right. The dead weight coming out Halloween. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's exciting. And will it be out on? Is it going to be? iTunes digital download, or is it going to be discs that people can buy off your website? Yeah, it's going to be on iTunes, and then, uh, yeah, I'm not doing a hard CD this time. It's Who? Just, really? It's just, I'm, I think I'm going to get download cards, you know, but mm-hmm. it's just a, such a pain in the ass with the hard CDs anymore. Are you, did you self-produce it, or did you have somebody help you do I, it? Yeah, it's a uh, guy on tour records, mm-hmm. yeah, Ross Duncliffe, he's out of Louisville. Uh, or Lexington, he's done like Greg Hahn and uh, Stuart right. Huff and some other people, and you know he met my terms and he lived in the area. And was, what were your terms? Well, secret. You don't have to yeah. do your laundry out in the open like this. I'm sorry, I didn't. Yeah, I that's all right. That. I, yeah, I'll tell you lunch. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, I want to know your terms. I'd like to know your terms. I know. I would like to know what my terms should be. That's the real problem. Because I know, well, I mean, I know, I guess I know what my terms are. I always have a problem where somebody else then is like, I want to be in charge of your money. You know, right. like, I'm going to get paid all the money, and then I'm going to give you most of the money, but I'm going to take my little bit out first. And it's just like, well, what happens if you get sick or you get cancer? Then where does my money go? Now, with the satellite radio. Well, they keep track of it. I, they, I don't I don't mind sound exchange. I yeah. don't mind a big yeah. corporation that's got a giant computer. But when you're talking about, n- no offense, some guy vaping in his basement right. and trying to keep track of you and 10 other comedian CDs, and then that guy gets to be 60 years old and it's been 30 years since he recorded them and yeah. money's still coming in, but he just forgot to write you a check. That's what that that's the problem. That's the problem I'm trying yeah, to avoid. Yeah, I mean, but the real money comes from the satellite. So I mean, that's the okay. You know, I mean, you know that. Sure. I mean, they sell a couple CDs on iTunes or something like that. But. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. People, but you know, I mean, I mean, it's always possible that I could just fucking hit, and then you know, this you, could be it. This could be the kind of viral moment that I've been waiting for with the <laughs> podcast, where yeah. And then Dave came, Dave Wake came on the podcast with his Dead Weight CD. I would have had a, and some sort of... Kaboom. Horrendous thing or... Well, there's still time. We're recording. <laughs> I mean, what do you got? What could you admit to? What, what, what besides... There must have been... There must be something in your life besides your struggle to quit your job at Fidelity Investments and become a comedian. What, what, do you have anything good that you'd like to admit to right now? Uh, when I was like a teenager, we vandalized a car, an abandoned car. We, we, we broke all the windows and then got it. And then in the back seat, there was a can of spray paint and we spray painted the car. But it was already abandoned. I think we think so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't think that's the kind of thing that's going to get you viral. Yeah. It was pretty tight, though. Like, we took a fucking axe to that one. She only fucking gave it the business. Oh, man. Was it right in your neighborhood? Could your parents have caught you doing it while you were doing it? It was like, it was in like, it was in the town I lived in, but it was like down this weird industrial area. Mm-hmm. There was like nobody around. We just started by like initially like throwing a rock at it, and then we just kind of kept up. It got like, out of hand. It got way out of hand. Somebody goes, I'm going to go home and get my axe. Yeah, once we fucking broke into the, co- you know, essentially broke it. Yeah, somebody owned it. We, we, I mean, it was abandoned, but we fucking broke into was it. Was it a junk car? It was junk. I mean, it wasn't like. A ni- oh, I'm not. I'm not feeling good about this admission, Dave. I'm starting. It's not. I mean, it's definitely outside of the. Uh, it's naughty. It's, it's not, naughty. It's outside of the statute of limitations, I imagine. As well. But if you had been sexually molested by Oprah or something, I mean, that's the kind that of thing. That, that's the kind of thing that can really help a guy out. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it would help me out if I'd been her. Well, no, I mean, I'm not right. I'm trying not to belittle the people who are sexually uh, uh, molested by 
Oprah <laughs> celebrities. Well, I, as far as we know, I think Oprah hasn't sexually molested anybody, but that's what we used to say about Bill Cosby. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to know it's hard to know the truth about what's going on. But yeah, you gotta you want to be you. I feel like what's going to help it helps you out um, going viral to be a victim. I think of a of a something. Yeah. As opposed to a perpetrator. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless if you if you were the head of some kind of international drug cartel 20 years ago, yeah. like smuggling boatloads of ecstasy in from somewhere. But if you're like a former outlaw, people like outlaws, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Where the crime isn't, the victim isn't uh, as sympathetic, right? You know, or it's kind of a, if you're like a guy that, like if you came out and was a comedian was like, I used to rob banks, that guy would seem fucking pretty cool, right? Kind of, I guess. Although bank robbing, too, is one of those ones now where the, I used it's, to think if you were robbing a bank, you were getting away with a lot of money. But the yeah. reality is it's... It's, it's a, probably like four or $5,000. If or, you're lucky, I think yeah. it's more, it's like 1500 at three grand maybe. And that's not enough to risk going to prison for all that time to me. Right. I don't think so. I mean, if you're, like, trying to rob cash businesses, you almost have to rob other criminals. You know, that's the... That's a solid plan. Or guys who are doing comedy shows in their basement in bad neighborhoods. Yeah, but you're still probably only going to walk away with a couple hundred bucks that way. But, you know, that's why, like, out in Colorado, all the weed businesses have to have private security because they deal all in cash because banks don't really want to fuck with it, like credit card companies. Right, because the banks could get get charged with some kind of federal receipt. Now, there are some, some banks that are working, like credit unions, but the credit card companies won't work with them. So they have to have, they're banking somewhere, but they got to still take all that cash on. So they have to have private security because they're like a place that legitimately might have twenty to $30,000 on their person, you know? And if you're fucking looking for a big score... That's what you want. If you're used to robbing banks, you ought to consider robbing pot dealers. Because the chances are that they they could be high. Yeah. It's a lot easier to rob people that are high, I think. <laughs> on pot. Maybe not. You don't want to rob people who are high on crystal meth. Or coke or something. Yeah, yeah. Part. Those people, they're edgy. They're edgy. Pot people give you the benefit of the doubt. That's my opinion. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a huge. I don't have a lot of experience with drugs, but that's just the thumbnail. And th- and this isn't an advice show, but that's my advice. If you're thinking about robbing a drug dealer, stick to the pot guy. Even that what was that movie, The Town. They robbed Fenway Park because it had cash, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the places that have a lot of cash, you know. Mm-hmm. More and more, I'm surprised that people aren't. aren't putting their money at who's going to the bank well I go to the bank I put my money in the bank I put my money in the bank if you're thinking about robbing me forget it my money's in the bank but um, the bank doesn't pay you interest on anything anymore Mr. Financial were you a financial advisor no no I was just kind of I did like 401k stuff and then was in the mail room and shit like that okay but the but, bank the bank don't play they don't pay I have it's like, like a, 0.02% interest I have like I mean, a super saver account I think it pays alright interest on it I bet you're lucky if you're getting... You're not getting 2%. I bet you're getting less than 1%. Yeah, they got my money. They should fucking make it work. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But yeah. they're not. They're not. But I, far be it from... I can't This I can't even get into criticizing the Federal Reserve System either at this point because I don't understand that enough. Maybe it's time for us to go to lunch. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> People are probably like, what the fuck? What's going on? Did they just play a robbery? Yeah, no, we're not going to rob. Well, we'll see. Let's see Let's see how business is at the lunch place. There's a place around the corner uh, that has lobster rolls. Do you know what a lobster roll yeah. is? Yeah. I feel like it could be good. I haven't tried it yet. All right. All right. Do you want a high five? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> Okay. All right. So, look. Yeah, I can't get into criticizing the Federal Reserve System at this point. I, I feel like it's it's the next day from when I had that conversation. But I stand by that. That's that's the truth. I can't. I'm I'm going to work on it. I mean to come on here and criticize the Federal Reserve System, with God as my witness. That I'm going to get that done. But I, that's not going to be today. That's not going to be tomorrow. It's probably not going to be this year. Hey. 
Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget a couple of things. First of all, if you're going to think about Robin, uh, a drug dealer, stick to the pod guy. And number two, don't give up. There'll be plenty of time to give up later. And I, I shouldn't have put those back to back because if you're thinking about Robin, a drug dealer, first of all, maybe you need, <laughs> maybe you need to rethink that. Maybe, maybe you need to mellow out. Go find someone to love for crying out loud. Don't rob your drug dealer. That uh, give up on that. Give up on that. But don't give up on the. Don't give up on the real important things like your dreams or yourself. Um, hey, thank you for listening, and I will be back soon. I've already recorded my next episode, so that is in the can, man. Uh, I'm heading to New Orleans uh, for a little corporate uh, action next week. A little corporate action. I've got a gig. I've got a gig speaking to some people about some things um, at the Sitecore user conference. That's going to be a good time. And I plan to stay a couple of extra days down there in New Orleans and uh, enjoy myself. So I may be checking in with you here about that. And uh, meanwhile, I hope you're well. I hope you're well. I hope you're well. And uh, let's, we're here for a good time, not a long time. Take care of yourself. This is the theme song to the thing. You can't tell what he's saying, but he's talking to me. <laughs> if you'd like to talk to me, you're going to have to send me an email. I'll call you back. Jake this and yeah. that? Yeah, me too. Jake this. <laughs>